It is that time again. It's in another edition of the Chief Zone Podcast with me, your host, Farzin Vasugi. And appreciate you guys, as always, downloading and listening to the podcast. There are several ways now you can listen to the podcast. As usual, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, download the episodes. They'll download automatically into your iTunes library or into your phones. And you can listen as soon as a new podcast is available. So again, be sure you're subscribed on iTunes. We're going to be uploading the shows now to YouTube. So if you go on YouTube and search for The Chief Zone, or if you search my name, Farzine Vesugian, you should be able to find it. Yes, and also find it on my website, farzinevesugian.com. This is the first time we're going to be having the podcast available on those three different facets, iTunes, YouTube, and on my website. So as always... If you, guys are, if you guys are subscribed to the show, if you like it, if you enjoy it, uh, sharing them on social media, Facebook and Twitter, much appreciated. So please do so if you get a chance. Speaking of Facebook and Twitter, you guys can interact with me on those two social media websites, facebook.com slash and Give my Facebook page a like and interact with me on there. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. And if you guys want to contact me, you guys can send me an email Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Okay, there's a lot to get into in this podcast. And when I say a lot, this this is going to be a very long podcast. This could be a record-breaking uh, podcast for uh, for shortest episode we've ever done of the Chiefs. And we'll see. I know I tend to go a little longer than I'd like to a lot of times. Uh, you guys end up telling me you guys don't mind about it, but I, I, I try not to keep it too tedious. I, I know sometimes I may go on, but... I'll tell you why, because I know last podcast I teased that we're going to preview free agency, and we kind of did a full-blown free agency a couple of podcasts ago. This is shortly after the Chiefs lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but a lot has changed. Some players have received a franchise tag. The Chiefs, of course, have uh, been able to keep Eric Berry. They released Jamal Charles. They they extended uh, an offensive guard, so they've been doing some things on their own, so uh, every team will re-sign and end up cutting guys loose who were under contract, so their free agent, their priorities going to free agency may change a little bit in terms of positions and players they'll target compared to what we thought maybe a month ago. So we'll talk about that a little bit, but the pro- there is going to be one problem with the Chiefs, and I alluded to this last podcast. I'll tell you guys again later. The Chiefs might not be very active in free agency this year, and I'll tell you why later on. We're going to go around the NFL, out of bounds, and I'll throw my penalty flags. And you guys might think this is crazy, but I'm going to be actually throwing a flag on all 32 NFL teams. And I'll tell you why later on in the podcast. But when we return, we'll touch on the Chiefs and what can we expect the Chiefs to do in free agency. That's coming up next. Hey, fellow Chiefs fans, this is Morgan Gannam, the creator and performer of the Chiefs Anthem, Chop It Up. I'll be making a major announcement soon, so be sure to follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash official and on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Zone. Facebook.com slash Farzin That's my Facebook page. Give it a like and follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. You guys can also email me, Farzin at Farzin Com. And as always, be sure you guys do purchase Shop It Up. The Chiefs Anthem is available on iTunes. Okay, I, I want to get into free agency here because I know as Chiefs fans, you guys want to see a big splash. But don't expect it 
especially this year. Listen, with the Chiefs, yeah, Jeremy Macklin coming in, that was pretty huge. But really, the past few years, the Chiefs have never been that team to make a big splash in free agency. And I know that disappoints a lot of fans. I mean, ever since Andy Reid got here, what's been the biggest offseason move by the Chiefs? The trade for Alex Smith, I'd say, is one. After that, I'd say the next biggest thing is probably the Jeremy Macklin edition. And that's really it. If you look at OverTheCap.com, which is a great website, if you want to know more about salary caps and what exactly is the salary situation for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs, according to OverTheCap, have just $4 million a little more than $4 million. To be exact, more than $4,300,000 in cap room. By the way, 2018, they've got $12.5 million. That's not really good either, but uh, that's a discussion for another time. As far as this year goes, really what are you going to do with $4.3 million? You're not going to do much. There has to be another cap casualty somewhere, and the first one I look to is Alex Smith. That'll put you very close to $13.5 million, but you know the Chiefs have been so public about, anytime they get asked about this, uh, I know John Dorsey, general manager of the Chiefs, he did an interview with Jason Lock and Fora, and also with the guys on SiriusXM, and they just asked about Alex Smith, and I think John Dorsey's kind of at the point where he's tired of re- receiving this question because he answers it the same way, where he says, he, basically he's endorsing Alex Smith, which is what Clark Hunt recently did publicly, and sort of Dandy Reid at, at one point this offseason. But listen, I said this last podcast, and I'll say it again, John Dorsey's no dummy, nor are Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, and... You know, listen, I know there are some coaches and executives out there that just don't do a good job, but even the worst coaches and front office guys know whether you're going to be good or not. Like, let's be real here. I I remember Herm Edwards, when he was the head coach of the Chiefs, in a couple of interviews, he was asked, Coach, how many games you're going to win? And he goes, oh, we're going to win all 16. I mean, listen, let's be realistic. That A 16-0 record has only happened once in NFL history. So you know you're not going to win every single game moving forward. Uh, you just, sure, you would like to. That's a different thing, though. My point here is teams really know what their team is capable of. And with John Dorsey receiving all these questions, and you can tell with the tone of his voice, he is... A little annoyed receiving the same question about the quarterback position. But look, again, John Dorsey's no dummy. He knows that there's a reason why people are asking these questions. You're not going to go far with Alex Smith. You're not going to go any further than you did this year. In 2014, we made all the excuses in the world for Alex Smith. No wide receivers could catch a touchdown. And people talked about, well... This team, I mean, Alex Smith isn't doing a good job with the wide receivers. Okay, well, Chase Daniel, who started in Week 17 for the Chiefs, he threw a pass to Dwayne Bowe on his way to the end zone. He fumbles it, and Travis Kelsey recovers it, which I still remember Travis Kelsey was upset that he recovered it because he wanted one of his wide receiver teammates to, to 
catch touchdown pass. The Chiefs went out the whole year without a touchdown catch. The week before that, when the Chiefs played the Steelers, Alex Smith threw a pass to Dwayne Bowe, dropped it in the end zone. But the Chiefs have worked on that. They brought in a different wide receiver. They, they've done a good job with the offensive line, in my opinion. I know people keep bashing Eric Fisher. They're not big fans of the line. But look, uh, th- this offensive line is doing better than what a lot of fans think. I, I think a lot of people who are upset with Eric Fisher are, are living in the past with the way he played his first couple of years. Eric Fisher's come a really long way. The Chiefs have a couple of Pro Bowl caliber guys on that line. Just because they're not getting voted into the Pro Bowl doesn't mean they're not Pro Bowl caliber guys. Listen, let's be real here. Unless, and I said this last podcast, unless you're a scout, you truly don't know who the good linemen are. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know who truly are the best five linemen in football. Because I, I really don't. No one does. Even people in the media. But the Chiefs have bulked up their offensive line. They brought in better pass catchers. They've brought in a lot of talent to help this football team. And at the end of the day, Alex Smith is not getting the job done. Alex Smith was far from the reason as to why you won 12 football games and the AFC West this year. And I know there are games where the offense will be non-existent for all 32 teams. And the defense kind of needs to take over and make some plays. But for the Chiefs, that was a theme. Uh, quite a bit this year. The San Diego Chargers game, the first time the two teams met, uh, the Chiefs had to rally late. And again, yeah, sure, those are exciting games to watch, but ideally, from a coaching standpoint, that's not the way you want to win your football games. You don't want your offense to keep showing up like that. The games against the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, you had your defense and special team units scoring touchdowns for you the the offense didn't score a touchdown in either of those two halves the second halves they didn't score a touchdown in the in the entire panthers game so this offense really does have a theme of not showing up the first half of the denver game the 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 first time the two teams met and there, look, I'll even look at the second Denver meeting. The Chiefs went a long time without even coming up with a, with a, a score until Dontari Poe. Well, they did have Cairo Santos kick a field goal, but then uh, Dontari Poe had that touchdown pass. The second meeting with the Raiders, the Chiefs scored all of their points in the second quarter, committed three turnovers while the Raiders committed zero, somehow still won that football game. Oh, and by the way, it took an injury to Derek Carr to allow you to win the AFC West. So listen, it's no secret that Alex Smith is far from the reason as to why the Chiefs won the division and won 12 games. When you look at that postseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's brutal to look back. I mean, some of the, I'm sure you guys have seen the gifts on social media of Alex Smith missing players wide open, especially Tyreek Hill on a downfield play, it just misses him and ends up going out of bounds. He was being chased by the defensive lineman, but still had time, at least enough to get it to Tyreek Hill. A lot of quarterbacks in the league will make that throw, and Alex Smith didn't. And that's what prevented you from advancing in the postseason this past year. So listen, I don't know what exactly, and by the way, I, I have to play devil's advocate too here. John Dorsey cannot publicly say Alex Smith sucks. 
I mean, th- this is pretty common here. No one's going to publicly b- bash their own teammates, their, their players, their family, well, however you want to look at it. So many companies, even with some of the flaws they have in their business, they don't want to reveal what flaws they have going on. I mean, let's talk politics for two seconds. Do you think Donald Trump would really admit any flaws that are taking place in the White House? I guarantee you, I mean, sure, there are some people who like what he's done so far, some people don't. But even then, there's no way the White House wants to reveal anything that's going wrong to the media. And when they do, well, we all know what happens there. But... Back to football, you get the idea. The point is, the big name guys, your front office, general managers, the presidents, owners, whatever the case may be, they don't throw anyone under the bus. That's just not how you do business. Because if John Dorsey ended up doing so, if he did talk negatively about Alex Smith, guess what? No one's going to want to play for your franchise. So I get that aspect too. At the same time, I just... I guess maybe I would feel a little better if Alex Smith just wasn't getting praised so much. Um, l- listen, you can you can still give constructive criticism publicly by saying, "Look, we, we we've got to see we've got to see better play at that position, like other positions." I, I mean, I, I think you can definitely say that uh, and really not get in trouble or not get public scrutiny for it. Now, again, going to the Chiefs' salary cap, what are they going to do with just a little more than $4 million? You're not going to do a whole lot. Yeah, sure, $4 million sounds like a lot to you, me, the person sitting next to you right now. But it's not a lot of money for an NFL team, especially nowadays how contracts are just ridiculously crazy. Uh, there's just no way. I'll read you some of the top free agents this year. And again, these are players who have not re-signed or have not received the franchise tag. Dante Hightower, inside linebacker for the Patriots. He's certainly going to want more than $4 million this offseason. You got A.J. Boyd from the Texans, a cornerback. Uh, kind of a decent season. Uh, not a, uh, By the way, this is not a strong free agency class. A lot of the great players end up being retained by their teams. Uh, but still, there are players who can make an impact for you guys. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but but listen, these guys are going to want a lot of money. And, you know, you you, spe- you you sign one free agent, maybe two. I mean, what what else do you have left? You've got to find a way to fill your roster. And you can't just do that with a bunch of free uh, free agents th- that didn't get drafted. You, that, that, you don't want a football team filled with a lot of rookies. Uh, that's another thing. That's what Herm Edwards tried to do, and we all know how that went. So overall, to me, something tells me that considering what the Chiefs have to work with and the whole cap space deal, I think we, this is the perfect reason, not that a lot of people would like this, including me, but I think this is the perfect reason to expect the Chiefs to acquire Tony Romo. Uh, and listen, uh, saying that right now, and maybe once the, a trade happens, I'll have two different opinions. But I'll just say this. The Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive line in football. If Tony Romo can't... Uh, what I'm what I'm seeing people say is that they shouldn't even bother bringing Tony Romo to Kansas City because the Chiefs don't even have a good offensive line. Which, again, I know 
like I said, I, I know people don't have the most accurate thought, I guess, uh, of what the Chiefs' offensive line is about. I don't think the Chiefs are the best offensive line out there. I, th- I certainly think they're underrated. But the Dallas Cowboys had the best offense. Let's just say the Chiefs do have a bad offensive line. So apparently people think Tony Romo is not going to succeed and he'll get hurt again if he plays behind Kansas City's offensive line. All right, well, Dallas has the best offensive line. And Tony Romo got hurt in the preseason. Listen, I I don't care if you have Willie Rofe, Will Shields, uh, Casey Wegman, Brian Waters, and, you know, whatever other guard that, that you think is great out there. And I'm talking about guys in their prime. At the end of the day, even the best offensive linemen allow sacks and allow quarterback pressures. To me, if Tony Romo, and I don't know how much time he's had to really recover and try to be healthy and be able to take a bump. But to me right now, he's no different than than Brody Croyle. Sure, maybe Brody Coyle could have been a great quarterback had he been healthy, but we, we can't ever know that because he was never healthy. Right now, we're kind of seeing the same thing with Tony Romo. We don't know what else he has left in the tank because he keeps getting hurt. Now, if the now obviously the Cowboys are very happy with Dak Prescott and want to move, move forward with him. Why wouldn't you? You drafted a guy in the fourth round who's playing under his rookie contract, a fourth-round rookie contract. So you're going to have that for a couple of years under your belt. So why don't you do that and let Tony Romo go elsewhere and try to get something out of that trade? Now, for Tony Romo, if he can stay healthy... By all means, I, I, I'm for it. I, I know Tony Romo has kind of been this guy who's, I guess, the joke of the NFL, especially the way he, he slipped with the, uh, the field goal hold in the playoffs several years ago. But at the end of the day, he's had a lot more success than the Chiefs have had. So I'm not opposed to this if Tony Romo's healthy. Now, how do you know if he's going to stay healthy? That's another factor that, quite honestly, we don't know. But at the end of the day, given the Chiefs' cap room and what they have to work with, I don't know if we can expect a lot of activity in free agency. And perhaps one of the things the Chiefs might do is acquire Tony Romo. And I would be surprised if Adrian Peterson was being looked at by the Chiefs. This is a guy who's aging and hasn't necessarily done as well like he did when he was younger. And I I think Jamal Charles can be in the, in the same picture, except the Chiefs, uh, Jamal Charles isn't going to come to Kansas City, likely going to go to Philadelphia. I think teams can grab these running backs for a cheap price. I saw an NFL or an article on NFL.com saying that because of the stacked rookie class that we're, we're having from the running back position, a lot of these free agents they shouldn't really expect a big payday this offseason. And I'm wondering if the Chiefs could get a guy like Adrian Peterson who still might have something left in the tank and try to help, try to help the Chiefs improve from that rush offense that they had. A very bad rushing year for the Chiefs. Other running backs, uh, for those who might be curious, who else uh, will be available? Latavius Murray from the Raiders, Darren McFadden, a former Raider, and uh, played with the Cowboys, could be a former Cowboy soon. Eddie Lacy, Danny Woodhead, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Christian Michael, and Rashad Jennings. Those guys are going to be available in free agency this year. Wide receivers, 
Uh, Albert Wilson is a free agent, and I'm kind of curious. I'd like to see him back. I think he's a good backup slot receiver, a guy who's also started on occasion. But you've got guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Terrell Pryor, although given what happened to him in Kansas City, uh, being a, an offseason guy, I, I don't think he would come back to Kansas City. This is back when he was still a quarterback. Uh, Kenny Stills, a former Big 12 standup. Pierre Garçon, who played for the Colts for a long time. Deshaun Jackson, a guy who played under Andy Reid. I think there's a good chance he could land in Kansas City. You've also got Kenny Britt, who at one point was very successful. Victor Cruz from the Giants was let go a couple of weeks ago. Brandon Marshall recently let go by the Jets. So there are some pretty good wide receivers. Again, guys who are a lot older than they were before. But at the end of the day, these are these are guys who... I think the Chiefs could certainly use, especially if there is an improvement made at the quarterback position for the Chiefs. Tight ends, I don't know if that's a position I really want to look at. Travis Kelsey did have surgery uh, not too long ago, but it it said that he'll be just fine uh, going into the 2017 season. He should be ready to go by training game. It was a shoulder surgery but uh, with the labrum, but they're saying it should be fine by the time uh, training camp gets underway in late July. Now, I don't want to go too much on the defense here, and I'll just say this with the defense. I just think the Chiefs need to go after... So Now, defensive linemen, they could be healthy. If they're healthy, they're going to be better against the run, but some depth would be nice, and you're going to need to look for an inside linebacker this offseason. And again, maybe Dante Hightower from the Patriots. I, if that was your only key free agent signing, hey, I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, the Chiefs need to find a way to stop the run. If they can do that, that defense, which is which was a bend-don't-break defense this year, they're going to end up being a defense that don't allow a lot of yards. And those several field goals they allowed, it's going to be turned into forced punts. Or maybe even more turnovers. Who knows? I mean, this Chiefs team led the NFL in turnovers this year and really get, put the offense in position to win football games. So for, for me... If you can go after a couple of defensive players that are good against a run, I think defensively you're really set. You got Eric Berry back. You have Marcus Peters. You, you you've got a strong front seven, even without Dontari Poe. Your defense is set. The offense, I think it's pretty simple. If you've got a viable quarterback that can really lead this offense and connect with your top guys across the field, and again, the Chiefs have plenty of speed on this offense, even with their tight ends and Travis Kelsey and Demetrius Harris, then this is an offense that's also going to excel and do a hell of a lot better than they have the past couple of years, and that's saying something, considering just how successful this team has been. They've finished above 500 for four consecutive years, something we haven't seen in a long time, since the 90s with Marty Schottenheimer. And I think to be exact, from 94 to 97 was the last time the Chiefs won or or finished above 500 for four consecutive years. So if you have the quarterback, the right quarterback for the Chiefs, and personally I'd love to see Deshaun Watson, but if they're going to stay with that 28th pick, I, I, I can't foresee the Chiefs uh, being in position to really acquire him. I know Watson's been a guy who's, People have said that he could go all over the place. Honestly, I, I think he's going to be gone by the by the top 10 or at least the top 16, at least in the first half of the draft. He's certainly gone. So unless the Chiefs trade up, Deshaun Watson is not going to be coming to Kansas City. 
And I know he uh, was interviewed by Andy Reid, and in a media interview, he did say that he's always been a big fan of Andy Reid. Now, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people are fans of Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been one of the more prominent coaches in the NFL, uh, probably the best coach in the NFL the past 15 years that has not won a Super Bowl. To me... I like what this Chiefs team has right now. They've got a great foundation. Just a couple of pieces are missing to the puzzle. You fix that run-stopping defense. You, if you can find a way to connect with your quarterbacks or your your receivers, this Chiefs team is set, and you can talk about a potential Super Bowl run. It's just up to the, the Chiefs, and... You know, if Tony Romo ends up being that guy, and if he's healthy, there's a lot to look forward to. But if it's Alex Smith, who, if the Chiefs are being serious when they say that Alex Smith is their guy, uh, the Chiefs will probably make the playoffs. But, you know, unless other major injuries occur in the AFC West, you're not winning the division, and you're probably going to bounce and be a one-and-done team again. Or at the very least, you're not going to make it past the divisional round. Something the Chiefs have yet to do under Alex Smith. Yes, they made it to, to the, that round twice. Once winning the wild card game. The second time they had a bye week. But nonetheless, uh, you've got to find a way to get to that AFC title game. And at that point, you are one game away from the Super Bowl. That's what this Chiefs team really needs. Let's go around the NFL. All right, I know the Combine nowadays is televised. It's been that way for a few years now, but people more and more, I mean, whether it's at work or if you you work in media, I mean, you have it on. You want to watch it in some way, whether it's on your phone, on TV, at work, or if you're working from home, whatever the case may be, people are just really fascinated by the Combine. I am not. I don't care to see what a guy's 40 time really is. I mean, a guy who's running fast, oh, big deal. Uh, I, I don't see the fascination in that personally. Listen, uh, the combine, yes. I, 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 let me just say this. I think your college stats, your combine performance, your private workouts, your interviews, I think they all play a factor as to when you will be drafted. Now, we have seen guys with great college statistics not go, get drafted high. We've also seen guys with great combine results not get taken high. Look at Chris Conley, who was a workout uh, warrior in the Combine a couple of years ago. Had some of the best numbers in the Combine by a wide receiver in recent history. But what, what did that do for him? He got drafted in the, in the third round by the Chiefs. So the Combine, to me, yeah, I know it's an important facet as to how teams will determine who they draft and when they'll draft him. But I think there are other things that scouts look for. Uh, you know how how does the guy look when he moves his feet, or the way he moves his arm when he passes? It, it may sound ridiculous, but that those are the kinds of things that scouts look for. And to me, I, I'm not I'm not a general manager. I, I truly can't tell you whose feet looks good or who who has a faster release time. Some scouts, I mean, they're trained and they've done it their whole life. They've done it for a long time and they know how to evaluate that stuff. I personally don't, so you might see a guy who did great in college and had a great combine as far as 
those numbers that are posted online, but you may be surprised with where they get drafted. So to me, I'm not so big on the combine. I know a lot of people are. Me personally, I'm not. That's just me though. Let's go out of bounds. Hey, big ups to the Kansas Jayhawks for winning 13 consecutive regular season titles. Uh, I mean, this is really a remarkable thing that the Jayhawks have done. I know I've been critical of KU this year uh, with the way things have gone in the regular season. I'm more critical of Bill Self in the tournament, which I'll get to in a second, but uh, Bill Self wins Coach of the Year in the conference. Uh, Frank Mason, Big 12 Player of the Year. Josh Jackson, Freshman of the Year. This is all great, but I do want to say one thing, though. The 13 consecutive years KU's won the Big 12, they only have one national title to show for it. I'd rather win 13 straight national titles. Now, look, I know that's unrealistic, but listen, you're Kansas. You're a team that has really high standards. I would gladly trade these regular season titles for uh, for championships. Listen. UConn, the past 18 years, have won four national titles. That's more than KU's ever won. KU's won three since 52, in 52, 88, and 2008. The past 18 years, UConn has won more than what KU's had their entire time their program's been in existence, which is surprising because KU's always been that school. I mean, the Jayhawks are in basketball are simply the New York Yankees of college basketball. Except for the championship part of it. I'm looking at Jim Calhoun's uh, Wikipedia, and I'm looking at how many regular season titles he won. He's won 10 Big East titles. Yet he has three NCAA national titles. So to me, what's more impressive, the conference titles or the national titles? UConn hasn't won 13 straight, but they still have more national titles than the Jayhawks have. And really, if I'm a KU fan, I want that to change. I definitely want KU to be held to higher standards and win more national titles. I'm not that big on the conference titles. Yes, they're impressive, and that's great, and it helps with recruiting and such, but national titles help even more. That's just me. People, People will... Be offended by this if they're a KU fan. Listen, we all know at the end of the day, national titles, that's where you make your money. Speaking of college basketball, on the other side of the border, Kim Anderson out at Missouri. This team lost 35 straight road games. They didn't win a single game under Kim Anderson. By the way, that 35 straight losses, that's a streak, road losses that is, that's a streak that started under Frank Haith, the previous head coach who left the program and 2014. How do you not win a road game? I mean, look, I know KU football hasn't won a road game in a while, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to see a contest. Who wins a road game first, KU football or MU basketball? I think that itself could be bragging rights because, let's face it, the two schools still hate each other. There is still a rivalry there. There always will be. One last thing I want to discuss and I'm a, listen. I'm a video gamer. By the way, I've been playing. I've never played an MMO before, 
and I recently got uh, Final Fantasy XIV, which is not a, a brand new game. It's been around for a couple of years, and I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, I've never been that addicted to a game before like I have with Final Fantasy XIV, the way that game works. It's pretty cool. It's an MMO. Uh, for those who, who who are familiar with gaming, you know what that is, but uh, for those who don't, it's massive multiplayer online, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's different. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But I I'm kind of a competitive guy. I don't make a big deal from video games. Like, listen, I have a life. Uh, video games. I mean, yeah, I enjoy it. It's something I like to do. A lot of people like to play it, but some people take it too seriously. I'm a fan of EA Sports on Facebook, and they have these Madden tournaments uh, that, that, that I guess other people around the world compete. They sign up and play, and I guess there's cash money in all of this. I'm watching the live video on EA Sports, and I'm just laughing the entire time because they have commentary. They have real commentary. It's not the video game commentary. They have commentary from actual people who are analyzing this. And they're sitting there with their suits and ties, and at, at halftime, there's a gorgeous gal there, dressed up like Aaron Andrews would, and is interviewing these Madden players at halftime. What are we doing with our lives here? Like, this is a video game. There was this, right before uh, one of the Madden games started, they put together this video package of a guy who whose life, you know, this is everything to him. He has a wife and a two-year-old at home, and he wants to win the Madden title to 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 be a proud father or whatnot. What the hell? Where the hell did our priorities go in life? I, I'm I'm speechless. Like, what are people doing that? And listen, obviously you're taking days off work and off your personal life just to go play a video game wherever this is taking place. I don't know where this is, th- this is taking place, but this is really ridiculous. Play video games, fine. I don't care. I, I do it. But don't get all too serious with it. Get a life. Get a life, people. I could have thrown a penalty flag for that. Speaking of penalty flags, let's do that next. Okay, 2016 was a phenomenal year for the UFC. They had five pay-per-views that got more than one million buys. That, of course, includes Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor twice. There was another Conor McGregor bout that got a million buys. If I'm not mistaken, UFC 200 got a million buys. And then the final pay-per-view of 2016, where Ronda Rousey got rocked in 48 seconds by Amanda Nunes, that also got more than a million buys. So 2016 was a crazy year for the UFC. There's a reason why MMA is the fastest-growing sport. But now, this is one of the worst years for the UFC already. And we're barely in March UFC 208 was a mess. There were two fights that, one, they were judged poorly, or in the other fight, the main event, where Holly Holm lost to Jermaine Durandamy. Jermaine Durandamy struck a jab right after the horn in the second round, I think, and then in the third round, after the horn, she does a combination on Holly Holm. And in the final round, the referee stepped in Five seconds before the the final horn. 
I mean, he got too hesitant. He was too hesitant before, I guess, to stop the fight. Now he's being extra cautious because he doesn't want Holly Holm to get screwed over again. Uh, and this past weekend with UFC 209, the main event was boring. I mean, that was one of the f- fights of the year between Tyrone Woodley, a former Missouri Tiger, by the way, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, those guys were just dancing around the octagon the entire time. I was yawning throughout the, the match, and I, and I saw the I saw the score sheet. Apparently, Woodley won rounds two and three. I have no idea why. Again, I was yawning throughout the, the, the match. Maybe it's because it was almost midnight. But gosh, this was one of the worst, these two worst pay-per-views ever. Uh, the UFC's got to do something to turn things around. By the way, speaking of the UFC... In Kansas City, it's a Fox card. It's not on pay-per-view. And they're having a title fight. Demetrius Johnson is going to tie the record for most title defenses in UFC history. And they're doing it in Kansas City. Oh, by the way, if you don't go to the event, you can at least get it for free on TV. That's pretty cool. I'm definitely going to be at that event. I'm stoked for this card. And I hope you guys are going to be going as well. Listen, from a Kansas City perspective, just go. You may have never watched MMA before. This might change your mind. You might get hooked when you go. This card is stacked. Tons of talent. A lot of local talent, too, will be there. This is definitely a must-watch for every MMA fan, even the casual ones. Okay, I don't know why teams do this, but we know that sometimes players are quizzed over some dumb questions in the combine, and they're also asked a lot of stupid questions in the interview. Here are some of the questions that players are being asked at the Combine by coaches, scouts, general managers, whoever. Would you rather be a dog or a cat? Because I really need to know what animal you prefer to be if you're going to be uh, playing for my football team. What color is snow? What color is melted snow? By the way, someone said white and the answer is clear. Now... We'll see if that player gets penalized and falls in the draft because of that question. How long can you go without blinking your eyes? Are you afraid of clowns? This one's interesting. Bras or panties? <laughs> what are we what are we doing? Like this is this is worse than the Madden thing where people are getting all serious dressed up announcing a video game match. Why are we asking what animal a potential NFL player is want, would rather be? Why do we need to know what color melted snow is, or what someone's uh, what someone wants to see on a woman? <laughs> what the hell is this? Eli Apple was asked by a Falcons assistant coach last year about his sexuality, and that got him in a lot of trouble. Uh, Blake Bortles was once asked about uh, his girlfriend. Uh, by the way, uh, Google Blake Bortles' girlfriend. Uh, you will uh, you'll want to do that. Uh, Obam Guachem, I hope I pronounced that right. A couple of years ago, he was asked when he lost his virginity. <sighs> why? Why is a player's personal sex life indicative as to how he's going to do in the NFL? I, I what if he's what if he's never lost his virginity before? Now is that going to put a dent on his draft stock? I I don't know. 
These questions to me, first of all, that's a very personal thing to ask of somebody. Um, If someone, okay, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'll just admit that right now. Maybe a listener or two, or maybe all of you are smarter than I am. Someone educate me as to why being a dog or a cat or someone's sexuality or what melted snow has anything to do with a player's stock what a what a guy prefers to see on a woman whether it's bras or panties or how old a guy was when he lost his virginity what does any of that have to do with being an NFL player I I just don't know I'm kind of I'm just trying to think psychologically do scouts think that maybe someone's more of a partier if they would rather be a dog or if I, I don't know there's gotta be a reason for this so someone educate me facebook.com slash farzinvasugian give me a like on my facebook page or follow me on twitter at farzine 21 or email me farzine at farzinvasugian.com and please tell me why in the hell these questions are asked because I don't know I really don't know I'll feel a lot smarter if I find out why these questions are asked That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. I am Farzin Vusukin. Thank you guys, as always, for downloading and listening to the Chiefs on Podcast. A reminder, I will be doing a new MMA podcast. It'll be out later this month. We don't have a set date yet, but keep an eye out for that or an ear out for that. A new MMA podcast coming out on iTunes. It'll also be available on YouTube and on my website, just like the Chiefs on Podcast. And as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, if you like it, please share it on social media. Again, you guys can follow me and interact with me on social media, or you guys can email me, so feel free to do that if you wish. Again, thank you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. I'll come back this weekend. We will recap the early start of free agency. What have teams done? What did the Chiefs do in free agency? We'll touch on that this weekend on the Chiefs on Podcast.